This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us, a show dedicated to bringing real help to real couples. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and together we are high-performance marriage coaches. We are cutting through the bullcrap and creating a movement of happy, healthy, badass couples all over the world. Let's go! Hey, people. So What's up, guys? We are doing a cool combination of sort of a follow-up from the episodes that we've been doing in the Anatomy of Redemption series and then merging, kind of moving forward, what we want to do in our marriage. And so this is a little, like, Seth kind of knows what's going on, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, let me, how how do I say this? Hold I'm, on, that made it sound like I don't want to. <laughs> I'm doing it as I don't know like what a, I want to do in the marriage, but Millie. No, 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 no. I meant like in this right. episode. I know, that, that's I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, but so what I'm doing is I'm making a product that I'm making actually for us, for Seth and I. It's called the same page. A hair um, product. Not a hair product. That's my friend Liz. She's got a hair product. Go check it out. Hmm. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. Graylin? It's hair, hair perfume. Oh, it's really cool. I've seen... She's amazing. I've seen my future best she friend... She looks like Jennifer Lopez. Uh, per, uh, talk about that. <laughs> um, Ruth, Ruth yeah. Fernandez. She is your future best friend. So is Liz. You are going to love those two ladies. They we, are like your best friends. We anyway, shall see. So, no. I know what's going to happen. But anyway, uh, this whole episode is going to be us talking through a series of questions about our relationship Mm -hmm. and how to build the vision for what we want together moving forward. And this came from our last therapy session where I realized I had this like complete aha moment. And this I'm, I'm assuming that this applies to most marriages. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? The aha moment I'm talking about? So I was talking or listening, you know, listening to the counselor, listening to Seth and just sort of sitting there. And then I realized like that I have been holding uh, Seth to a a very, very, very unspoken expectation and a very, very, very unspoken standard thinking we were on the same page about it, but we never have talked about like a bunch of the things. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's just use, I'm just going to use parenting as an example and be like, oh, I thought that Seth knew because we like read the same books or hear the same things. I thought he knew that when, when so-and-so does this, when our kid does this thing that we parent in this way. And so when he wouldn't do that, I'd be like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you parenting like that? And he's like, what do you mean? What am I doing? And it wasn't anybody's fault. It wasn't right or wrong. It was literally like, vast expanses of unspoken expectation. It it goes back to the thing, and we've, it's funny that we are revisiting this because we have actually talked about it a bunch. Right. You know, like like, on on what we talk about on weekends, we say, hey, what are your expectations for Saturday? Mm -hmm. Well, I thought I'd go to the yard sale and go to Costco. What do you mean? We're supposed to have dinner at the thing, and Hattie has a a karate, uh, about to say kung fu, taekwondo belt test, so... What are you doing? We're not on the same page in that. And although we talk about it oftentimes, there are, it's, it's, and because you're married and you're in it for the long run, just consider this, you guys, as a lifelong thing. Ongoing It is not because that, if I said, so yesterday, today's Sunday, but yesterday, 
hey, Melanie, what are your expectations for today? Well, I don't know. You and Tuff go snowboarding and then come home and then we'll uh, have dinner together and hang out. Is that going to be the same thing for every single Saturday? Right, no. Of course not. It is expansive. It is dynamic. It is well, ever-changing. Well, and it changes with the ages of your kids or the stages of your life, right? Like exactly. this conversation needs to be had several times in the lifespan of our marriage, if that makes sense. So I like that mm-hmm. you pointed that out. Um, and so the way that I keep, I used to be looking at it like, uh, uh, like a triangle, like a, um, like there's you and me at the bottom and then we are trying to hot, like point up together. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to like, we're, you know, we're down at the bottom and we're trying Mm -hmm. to aim high together to touch at the top and have like a shared goal. And and I kept seeing that in my mind and going, that's not right. Like that's not dimensional enough. There's, it's not just like a flat triangle on a piece of paper. No, you need a teepee. Ooh. I know. A I circle like, at the bottom that goes to a triangle. Hello. A circle at the bottom now. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's the song, but But like uh it. it made me think of a teepee poles. And I actually wanted to ask you, because I know that that is a thing. Like the um uh what the word what's the word for that? Like the teepee poles actually represent yeah. something to different right. native cult uh tribes. Different and tribes. so tell yeah. me what that is because I know that it's something, but I don't know it in depth enough to share it. Uh, like authentically or sound like I know anything. So maybe I'm mistaken. So your grandma had a teepee, right? And yeah, we she would, did. We would put it up and she's from the res and all Chippewa. that stuff. Uh, Chippewa, Ojibwe. And we would put it up and do stuff. And I might, and so, okay, we're going to get in a culture lesson here. There's plains, teepees, there's, there's uh, well, plains Indians are the ones that had teepees, right? My tribe did not have teepees. We had a different like burk, bark, burk? earthen kind of structure, right? So I know, I know the significance of a sweat lodge. You do willows four, and then I think there's maybe 22 well, or 13. But anyway, I don't know the significance of each pole. I'd have to ask some Plains friends because I don't know that, and I'm not going to act like I do. Oh, okay. Well, listen to this. What about your dad? <laughs> Victor. Okay. Hey, Victor. Okay. So I'm Native American. You don't know that unless you know me, and I don't look it, so you wouldn't. But uh, TP poles represent things like I don't know. Why don't we just Google it? But let's just use this in our example because when you make a teepee, they're massive. We have a teepee. We have my grandmother's teepee. And the poles are, how long are they? Like 35 feet. No, they're about 20. 100 feet. They're 20 feet. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And they're like trees. They're like the bases of, I mean, they're not like huge around, but they're really heavy and they're massively tall. And you have to tie three of them together Mm -hmm. to get the first three poles to rise up to the top. And we have done this by ourselves and nearly died. We've done it a lot of times. Uh, like literally almost got crushed in the TP poles one time. It was terrifying. But so you, you interweave the first three poles. So here's what, we're, what are your first three poles? What do you think they're going to be? In our TP, our TP representation. In, in us? You, me, and what? God. Yeah. So our first three TP poles, the Creator. foundation. <laughs> it's you, me, and the Jesus, the Lord. We create our TP together. The, so the Lord, we are going to, it's going to be you and me and God. That's our first three mm-hmm. poles. And literally you tie the tops of them when they're on the ground and then you lift, like you take one pole and you push the other two up and you get this triad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word. Triangle. And then you lean, you weave the other poles. They have to like go in a certain way at the top. And then you start to add all the other poles to your teepee. And again, they all point to one direction. I will share my teepee photo. Have, mm-hmm. I just looked at it the other day on my Instagram. But they There's all... There's a photo of one of the times we were putting it up. 
And, oh, in the sun? Yeah, I can. And I the, found that like one. that you there's so we have like the tripod already, and you're laying another pole there, mm-hmm. and I took a picture. And it's like another TP pole coming down from God meeting that one. It's ah! it's it's pretty cool. It's um, trippy. It is really cool. So, but when I think of that again, this came from therapy. I was listening to ourselves talk and going, "What is missing? What is missing? What is missing?" That's like what I do in therapy. I just sit there and go, "What are we not catching?" And this was the idea that came to me. So it's you, me, and God, and then we're adding the poles along. What do you think the other poles should be? Uh, well, I mean, hmm. I mean, for, I can for us. Well, uh, first, first. Sorry, sorry. Justin told me not to do that. What? Justin party. Told like, you not don't, to what? Don't ask him open-ended questions and then get mad when he doesn't answer right. Oh, well, that's true. So I will say what I think they Hold should on. be. Uh, what do I want for supper? What? Wrong answer. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so, uh, ow, oh, you sorry. scratched me. So, like, one of the polls in my brain is like raising kids. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the pillars of our marriage. Like we have to figure out mm-hmm. how we're going to deal with that and do it well and the, what mm-hmm. we're aiming for in parenting. So parenting. And that's the first thing that came to my mind. Like mm-hmm. the other polls are family members, kids, what things like that. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, groups, I mean, like parenting, mm-hmm. um, intimacy, mm-hmm. like uh, or connection and intimacy, friendship. Like that's one one right. pole parenting is one mm-hmm. pole. Um, and so again, the whole point of this, why I think a TP is so perfect is that they all aim together at the top. Cause what was happening was that imagine if you had TP poles that could like balance magically in the air and yours is pointing Southwest and mine is pointing Northeast, but we have no idea. We're just like, well, they're, I mean, they're pointing up. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do better, but really they're like, they're like that. And they will never converge unless it's around the whole entire world. And then they converge at the bottom in the in Antarctic. one giant hammock. <laughs> in a hammock. Uh, but <clears throat> so the whole point of this is to take these poles that are all going different directions. Hopefully, most of them are aiming higher, mm-hmm. like trying to be better at the whatever the thing is, and then steering them back to the center and and like having a, a system of knowing, hey, what are the things that drive us to this higher, better, best version calling, highest mm-hmm. self of parenting, mm-hmm. highest self of communication or of raising kids or intimacy or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's the the premise is the TP model, which mm. did it's better than uh, John Gottman's house. Oh, his house with the windows and the walls. No, that's a different his to like the windows and the walls. Maybe this is our problem. <laughs> everything turns into a rap song. So Just I wanted to is uh, <laughs> who is it? Lil John. <laughs> <laughs> Now all I can think of is Jesus Christ headdress. I'm thinking about growing so. Snap your fingers. That's like one of my favorite lines, and I don't know why. Just the way he does it. He brings it. Okay. He brings it. Okay. So this is. I want to go. I want to ask you these questions, and then hopefully, people listening, you will have the same conversation in your marriages and with your spouse. Because again, if we're all trying to kind of work better, our TP poles really aren't lining up anywhere. Mm -hmm. Let's get them to converge at the top, and then. The whole premise of the book that I'm writing is to you write it all down. So it's like a manual right. for how to be on the same page about everything so that you stop fighting about the the stuff like that all the time. So mm-hmm. here we go. I'm going to ask you just some of the stuff that I have written down. What do you think our highest calling is as a couple? Like relationally, not like what we do in our job, but just relationally. Like what does that High, look like? Highest calling as a couple? Mm-hmm. So like in our marriage. first I, and this is a family therapist and also just a dude talking. First, what? Zaza. I think of our kids nope, say that all the time. Not anyway. Zaza. Okay, a dude talking. Uh, first, what is the highest calling in our marriage? 
and we had this wrong for years and years and years. Uh-huh. It was right here. Oh, Melanie. Oh, Melanie's not doing this. Melanie's not doing that. Oh, Seth's not doing this. Seth's not doing that. See, it's not working because of yeah, Seth. Yeah, he's not. It's oh. not working because of Melanie. That's backwards. Right. A lot of couples get that wrong. So the first and highest calling is what is my, and this is my belief, what is my individual relationship with God, the creator, right? So it starts there. And then when you have that too, Mm -hmm. and then, so I have to answer that question to answer your question. What's the highest calling in our marriage Mm -hmm. to point to God and glorify God in how we are married, right? Okay. So let me, uh, let me do this. I'm actually taking notes as I don't have to take notes. It's luckily a podcast. I'm going to be taking notes. Um, so so you said, what's the highest calling in our marriage then? As you said, in individually, because that was actually one of my questions. What's our highest calling as an individual? So mm-hmm. you said your highest calling is to have the best relationship with God. Right. So then uh, what is that? How does that translate to the marriage part? Our highest calling as a couple? So if I'm running on all cylinders with God, with the Lord, then and you are too, then it makes sense that our marriage should be doing that. Right? So... Does this glorify God? Does it? Am I doing what I am supposed to do? And um, I've been thinking about this and taken copious notes in just the last two weeks on, hey, what? And listening to Jordan, Pe- Jordan Peterson, okay, applying like the the rules for life and what the Bible says, an ancient book of wisdom written by God. What does that say? God didn't write the Bible; just people Sorry, wrote it. It was but, God breathed, but yeah, right. God was like. <laughs> <laughs> Poof. Hey, Peter. <laughs> you just blasted everybody's ears right now. So the highest, the highest calling for us in our marriage is to point back to God and do what we're supposed to do individually and do what we're supposed to do as a married couple. Okay. So what does that mean to, what does that mean practically? How do we reach that highest calling as an individual? I'll go through that way first. Well, first, I think we have to seek wisdom and seek guidance in that. And when stuff comes up, and this is practice too. It's not, it's not, um, we're just going to read the Bible and poof, I'm an awesome husband. You're an amazing wife. This takes practice. This takes prayer. This takes relationship with, with one another and also with other people who believe in similar ways and a lot of introspection. Does that make sense? No, I don't know what the answer is. What is, how do we reach that highest calling practice? Can you make it like one word, not like a thousand sentences? How do we? Yeah. uh, Using the power couple planner. Prayer. So is that as a couple or an individual? As a couple. Okay. Using the power couple planner. So I need, yeah, sorry. This is more like I want answers, not, uh, you know, soliloquy. Okay. I'll I'll answer it like that. I don't know if that's the right word. It is not. It might be. It could. It probably is. So good job. What is our highest calling as a couple to glorify God in our marriage? How do we reach that highest calling using mm-hmm. the power couple planner? Mm-hmm. Praying together, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Praying together daily needs to be on there. Definitely. Um, and then what after that do you think? What's the question? What? How do we reach the highest calling in our marriage? If the highest calling is uh, to glorify God, intention, discipline, checking in with ourselves and checking in with one another often. Hey, where are you at? What are you thinking? How can I pray for you? What can I do for you? Uh, right. Things like that, that to me feels like the maintenance like that. So let me just clarify this really quick. 
what you just said, intention, regular check-ins, et cetera, feels like the act of maintaining. Okay. But I don't think we're actually getting to the core of what is the practice, mm-hmm. if so, that makes so sense. So maybe that is the practice. Like what, what if a couple is listening or we don't get on the same page? How do we answer that? How do we reach the highest calling? Um, h- how would you say? I'm going to get you to answer the question. How do you um, reach your highest calling as a married couple? Well, well, it's the same like praying together daily, using the power couple planner. Um, but what is like, well, let me ask the next one. It says, what stops us from reaching the highest calling? Mm. So this is what I was going to say is like, that means things have to be cut out mm-hmm. that are stopping us from getting there. So it's almost like the Emily Nagoski thing, brakes and accelerators. Right. Like sometimes you can have all of the accelerators in the world, but you've got the brake on and a like a tire lock or whatever that's Have you ever done that, by the way? Have you ever driven a decent amount of distance with an e-brake on? I've driven like one foot with an e-brake on and gone, oh. I have, and boy, does it not smell good. How do you do do that? I mean, that seems crazy to me. You're just not thinking. Um, But so what what it says is, what stops us from reaching our highest calling as a couple? And I wrote in here for my notes, like be specific. Mm -hmm. So I think that it is, um, as a couple specifically, it's like, uh, saying unkind things, mm-hmm. name calling, uh, being ugly, I guess. What ones can you think of? I wrote this down in church this morning and I thought to myself, this has a lot of potential to really kick couples into high gear and bring them close together, us included. And I was just thinking about it. And since I'm a family systems therapist, this is how I think all the time. And I wrote down, identify all the absolute worst things and generational demons in your family of origin. An unknown enemy is the hardest to fight. Do this with your partner and know when they come up. So let me explain. If you you really go back and a couple of generations even in your family of how people have been struggling, the patterns, maybe it's addictions, just mental health issues, ways of being, you actually and... We always also say what we focus on expands, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying focus on all the crappy things. I'm saying identify those snares, those things, those walls that come up over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So in our own family of origin, we want to identify literal and actual all just the, the, the ways that we don't want to be, the ways that are hurtful, the patterns that we see over and over and over in both of our families, and then we want to know them like the back of our hand, right? What's that saying? Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Know what your enemies are doing. Know their moves before they do them. Keep them very close. You know why? Because then I have all the ammo I need and the strength I need to fight that back, right? So couples, us included, we've had just arguments and arguments over something that was brought in maybe 50 years ago from my family of origin or 50 years ago from your family of origin. And that's what we're fighting Mm -hmm. about. We're not fighting, hey, look, let's look Mm -hmm. in the eye. You and me were holding hands. We're not fighting all that other stuff that maybe has not been identified. And if couples can do that and go, wait a minute, we are fighting that generational thing that happened a long time ago. What are we we doing, man? Remember, I've said that in other shows where it's like, uh, couples are typically not actually fighting about a thing. They're mm-hmm. fighting like they're fighting for their family of origin, but they don't know it. Mm-hmm. So if, whether that's Christmas, what we do on Christmas, that's mm-hmm. two family of origin battles. That's like uh, 
Lothlorien. I don't know. I'm trying to make of Lord of the Rings people. That's like the elves and the, the leaves of the, the elves and the trolls, Dwar- dwarves. dwarves. And they're not. They actually don't know what they're not talking about. What they're talking about. They're actually just fighting about like what? I know what they're fighting about. The mines. Starlight jewels stolen a long time ago. I'm fully aware. What is that called? The I don't know. Du- stone of something. You can't even the get mines into that. Of Moria. Uh, and they call the mines. The mines. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I agree with that. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what is your thought on how to handle that then? Like even just in our marriage, what are the family of origin things that we are that are fighting that we think I'm gonna, are I'm going to keep it in the in this so this isn't for us. Oh. Say Christmas. Okay. <laughs> this is a really silly example. You grew up at Christmas, you have a honey baked ham. Are you talking about like any not me specifically? Yeah, not, not okay. you. This is like, just an example. I don't know. But say that your okay. family ham super important and it's actually really important because you were super dirt poor, but your grandpa or grandma worked their fingers to the bone to put a ham on the table come Christmas. With and pineapples. it was with pineapples and little um, cloves, right? And this is actually a really, really important thing that's just passed down, passed down, and you... It means something. It, it, meant, it meant the world to you in every sense. There was nothing wrong with it, which mm-hmm. there's not. There's a ham, yeah. right? And in my family, same thing with, say that we were also dirt poor or something, or grew up super rich. Lobster. Yeah. Christmas lobster. Christmas lobster. It's red. <laughs> and sometimes they're green. No, blue. Anyway, green. <laughs> there's blue lobster, which are crazy. But anyway, and every single time, say that you were cooking or something. Uh, again, just follow me here. It's a, it's a silly example, but it's significant. And everything in your DNA said Christmas means we have ham. Don't have ham. It's like not having a tree. It's like not even celebrating. See what you did. You're pissing everybody off, Seth, blah, 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 and I'm not moving and whatever. And I'm like, ham, peasants eat ham. Right? Ham, peasant. Pork loin, peasants. Peasant lobster loin. and all this stuff. And I was, and that just came from my family because maybe there was super dirt poor. Then somebody made it and like, whoa, we're never going back to where we were. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So identifying that. So this takes work, obviously. Oh, that's why my family likes ham. Oof. Right. That's why my family likes lobster. Okay, new family. What are we going to do? And every sing- single time you talk about ham, I know the ins Hamster. and outs. Hamster. <laughs> what? Lobster and ham. It's hamster. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was I'm just trying to think about how you merged it. So you roast I hamster. I love it when you crack yourself up. Super long, cute. Anyway, keep on. It's got little legs. <laughs> anyway, so I know the significance just forwards and backwards for you and the ham. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know and understand the significance for me and lobster. Mm-hmm. So instead of fighting about protein... <laughs> Instead of fighting about crustaceans right. and swine, Ew. we come together and say, you know what? What do we want to do in that? I'm have not a luau. I'm, 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 <laughs> Sounds like a luau. Surf and turf, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you can still you can take that idea and apply it to right. everything. Oh, why why is physical touch so important to Seth? Or we get this question a lot. All my husband just wants to honk my boobs and like only have sex all the time. Okay, sure. Yeah, like cool it with that. Or my wife never um, does my love language or whatnot. 
figure out what is so significant about each of those and then basically make yourself, hey, I'm not going to fight about stupid ham. In fact, ham isn't stupid. It's important to my wife's family for generations, and I'm going to honor that, right? Right. uh, Promote linkages, celebrate differences, right? So what if we could take, really dissect the anatomy of every single thing like that that's the whole point, yeah. you know, is, is to, so you, you gave me an insight to add to that, to this whole list here is instead of it being what's our highest calling as a couple, mm-hmm. it should really be what is your highest calling as a husband and my highest calling as a wife first. Mm-hmm. Like we have our individual callings, like what's the best version of ourselves as an individual. So like health, everything, mm-hmm. every single thing from like, I'm drinking water. I'm not drinking a gallon of wine a night. I'm not like looking at porn or eating Doritos, you know, 24 hours a day. So like, what's our highest calling as individuals? Then what is our highest calling or is maybe calling is the wrong word, like our best version of ourselves as a spouse. And we have maybe to figure... Maybe highest target because we're aiming for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll try that language. Your highest bullseye. Bullseye. So like, what is your highest target as a husband? If I just ask you that question, what would you say? It's one of the things that Janelle, our counselor, talks about. Janelle. Now, this isn't perfect verbatim, but she says, which is what the the Bible says too. And, oh, by the way, a bunch of other marriage books. I'm still giving the caveat of if I share the Bible, I also will talk about David Goggins or Andy Priscilla or Napoleon Hill. It's just... I thought you were going to say dynamite. 100%. 100%. Like Napoleon oh Dynamite. Gosh. At church this morning, this is a little side note. Remind me to plug back in is what I was talking about. So they have donut holes, you know, yeah. and I the kids go get them and then come yeah. and uh, sit beside me in the service. And Tuff had his cup of apple juice, like warm cider, you know. And then I saw him reach in. Oh, you got a donut out of pocket his pocket. Yeah. And yeah. eat it. <laughs> and I looked at him. I'm like. What are you doing? And we just started smiling at each other. It was really funny. I think he puts a cup in there. He does, yeah. but still, it's just a reach. I'm like, you're, you're tater tots Napoleon yeah. Dynamite right now. Give which, me your tots. Which is really okay, funny. Okay, what is your highest target as a husband? So Janelle talks about love Melanie, talk to Melanie. She says your Melanie. wife is your job, I think, is the language well, she, she Yeah, says. she says my the, the wife is your job, the husband's your job, but she says... Love her like she needs to. Use language that builds her up, that puts her in high esteem. Now, don't get that twisted. My words should not give you your own self-confidence and your own self-esteem. A lot of people think that. You thought that. I thought that back in the early days, right? But the way that I talk to you, treat you, look at you, speak to you should tear you up. Tear, I mean T I E R, mm-hmm. like a second tear, like <laughs> not woof. cry. Well, maybe cry if it's a good kind of thing, you know. Does does that make sense? Uh huh. So and I'm just oh, go ahead to build you up, right? And she says the same thing about you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were saying something. Else. Well, yeah, it's it's uh it's the same. So I'm writing it idea. like this. It says, so what is my highest target as a wife to love Seth in a way that builds him up and honors him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's your same target as well as a husband to love Melanie in a way that builds me up and honors me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then how do we reach that target? Again, it's, it, I mean, a lot of this is going to be rep- repetition. Mm-hmm. Like, well, duh. I mean, and then let me say this too. If it was easy, we would all be doing it. 
And it's not. It's clearly not that easy because so many couples really struggle. I told struggle one of my mastermind marriage. dudes, he was talking about something. I was like, bro, if it was easy, it wouldn't be hard. And it's hard, so it's not easy kind of thing. <laughs> it's obviously super, super simple. Uh, but my dad even used to say, hey, if it's worth having, it's worth working for. It's worth doing it right, mm-hmm. like doing the right thing. <clears throat> so I think, so how do we reach that highest target? For me, I have to, and this has come up several times in our marriage, I have to be in prayer or else I cannot do it alone. If I could have done it alone, you would have done it. I would have done it by now. And for me, tapping into the divine, tapping into God, the creator of everything. I think it. I'm going to take it one, one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, for me? Okay. You're going to take it for me. Fine. No, I think that it needs to be um, being in prayer for me every day. That too. Like you praying for our marriage, not just you being in prayer. Because I think that's where... Sorry, Where let I me, let seen... me uh, yeah, clarify. First, yeah, I need to pray, sure. And also pray for you in a way that builds you up. Pray for you uh, in the marriage. Pray for the marriage. Pray over you for protection, you mm-hmm. know, and things like that. So I get, what I wanted to say I think is really important is that oftentimes people go, well, I need to pray every day. But then mm-hmm. there's not like pray about what? Pray what is there a specific prayer you're talking about? Like what are you talking about? Or I need to be in good shape or whatever. And they don't, um, like the concept is there, but the, the, like uh, the thought around, is that the right concept done the right way? So that's you mean the end goal is there, right? Like the idea of praying in general is good. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case for a marriage, it needs to be hyper, hyper specific. Like right. if you're going and praying about your work every day, and not praying about your family, you will not see, you you won't get the like sort of revelation of how to love me or you or what, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it won't be there. Mm-hmm. So praying every day, we need to be hyper specific on all of them. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm, that's really all I'm saying in that. Um, is that sometimes it's like, oh yeah, pray every day. But if you're just like, uh, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. I'm Catholic, right? Like if that's how you pray mm-hmm. and you're not being like, Oh yeah, God help me. Give me the words. Give me the way to know mm-hmm. how to talk to my kids. To know what I'm talking about, right? See what I'm saying? Well, it's got to be super, yeah. super, super, be, super specific. Be specific in prayer. And as I'm back into the Bible again, starting with the New Testament, and going through James and stuff like that. There's so many verses that talk about ask and the door will be open, or knock and the door will be open. You know, ask and you shall receive. And before I just looked at that so differently, and. This time, I, I am seeing it more literal and not in the way that like our kids would understand it. Well, God didn't give me a million bucks right when I asked, so I don't know. No. Well, first of all, maybe you're not asking for the right things. God, give me wisdom. Okay? It's right here. All you got to do is read. You know? So it's there. It's like knock. Knock on the Bible and open it and you read it. You think that God is when anyone is like, Lord, please give me wisdom. He's like, I already did. <laughs> yeah sitting on your shelf. Um, but I do want to get to the, what stops us from reaching that highest calling, the highest target of being, um, the best husband for me and me, the best wife for you. Mm -hmm. I think right out of the gate, it's a lack of discipline and doing things by feeling versus obedience Mm -hmm. or maybe lack of obedience, obedience and discipline. Right. Because I think a lot of couples get into this pattern. I mean, that's, I mean, think of your vows, our wedding vows, you go, in goodness and or sickness and sickness health. and health and good times and in bad and for richer or for poorer and it's like 
they all, you hit poor, you hit bad, you hit sickness and everyone's like, I'm out. It's like, no, that's where the obedience and the discipline comes in. That's That's when it's hard. Like on, and that's why you made a vow, (laughs) right? A, 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 a covenant. You don't make a covenant every time you eat ice cream because you don't have to. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. It's not hard. That's um, why we do it. 75 hard. It's, it's discipline. Mm-hmm. You don't finish the program unless you do everything right for 75 days. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's harder than it was yesterday when the sun was shining. You still do it. You don't think about it. Right. And it's not based on your feelings. It's based on your obedience. Like, oh, yeah. what did you say? You're, you discipline yourself to the things you say you're going to do. And that's how you build character and that's how you build a like you you have what's the word you begin to gain uh, self-respect people look at you and go oh that person is respectable they do the things they say they're going to do so on the power couple planner Mm -hmm. i'm going to ask you a question and i think i know the answer so i filled my portion out this morning i don't know if you did or not we'll still come back it's not meant to be done separately i I put some of the things on there right but then we'll come back together later so in that, is it designed to say we have dinner? Oh, we're going to cook together tonight. Actually, I put on there uh, for tomorrow, cook together and meal prep stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Spend time together. If you don't feel like it, you don't even want to look at me. You don't want to spend time with me. You'd rather go to Target with your mom. Will you and should people go... We wrote it down. We agreed on it yesterday. We have to. What do you think I'm going to say? No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Throw this microphone out that window. I'm totally, totally kidding on that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually understanding how you designed it, which I know. So I know you, but also giving listeners an insight into how it works. If you come together and write out your whole week, of course, if somebody's not going to the ER or something bonkers, right. you right. you adjust your plan. But if you agree on it, this is what we're doing. It's not if you hurt my feelings 30 minutes ago. That's discipline. It's still on here. How can you, how can we, how can I show up according to that? Right. Because, and I talk about 75, 75 heart often because it has so many through lines into success and discipline. And all, that's, a, that's a through the line, through line by the way. wiggles down. Hey, today, day one, 75 heart, Instagram, everybody. Or just self. You could also do that. You could do that, right. But there's... Uh, You're a diva, that's okay. No, Paul there's, there's, there's also there's, a diva, that's okay. <laughs> there's studies that show if you share your goals, you're held accountable. I love you, Paul, it's the, fine. The success rate goes up. Day three, it's snowing. Oh, man. Hmm. Dang. Don't want to. What do you have to do if you're on that program? Do it anyway. You do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? So the Power Couple Planner is very similar to that. It's exactly like that. That is why I made it. I made, I've done 75 hard, and I know, I know the discipline is equals freedom. I mean, that's the whole premise of the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then you start to realize if you're not, okay, I'm fitting to get mad. Here we go. When people are moody little babies in their marriage and every little emotion that they have makes them not show up the way they say they want to show up, they have to, uh, they kind of got to eat that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I was mad. So that's why I called you a bee. And now I'm not going to do what's on the planner. Why don't you want to have sex with me? Like, 
your lack of discipline has made your life. So it's like a cake. Like you're, you just put a bunch of garbage in there. You went, okay, these eggshells and like my stupid crappy attitude of, well, you didn't do it. So I didn't. And, and you're just like, dump it all in there. You will eventually have to eat that cake. Mm. And I understand that discipline equals freedom. I, one time I misunderstood something that Paul Vetter said. And I thought that you, I thought you were on a call with Paul and he said, man, screw motivation. It's so stupid. And I thought what he was saying was discipline is the key. And I was like, yes, yes. Like, yes, discipline is the key. Motivation is like helpful, but no, motivation is not the only thing because motivation changes. Mm -hmm. Discipline is the key. But that wasn't at all what he was saying. And I was like, oh man. Are you mad at him? (laughs) No, I wasn't mad. I was just like, that's such a bummer. It would have been a really cool revelation, I think, for the two of you even. I think you're He's going to call you after he listens to the show. We'll chat. It's fine. But I think that discipline trumps motivation every time. Well, you don't have to think because Ah, that's There's a shield bug coming our way. Don't be scared. Ah. (laughs) Oh, my God. It stuck to me. (laughs) It literally just landed. I wasn't thinking of swatting it, and then it it grabbed onto my ring finger. Like, get off. Get off of that. I don't know. Those things. I'm sick of those things. So hold on. What I was going to say is tell me what you think of this. And I've heard this before and I had some thoughts in it. I didn't know if it was true. Every single solitary decision that you have ever made and you haven't made in your life has brought you to doing this right here in this whole second of time in the earth. (laughs) Yes. You believe that? Yeah. What are you? T- uh, is there a question I'm not catching in that? I believe that. Okay. Is there more? Do you have thoughts on it? For me, it was it, and and I believe other people. It's kind of hard because we want to go. Well, yeah, but what about this? If that hadn't happened, then X Y Z. But it did happen, and you're here. I, a lot of people can. What is the thought that you want me to have about it? Let's get that. I'm not wanting anything. I'm just asking. But your answer was just short and it wasn't very conversational. So I don't know. I don't know what you're wanting me to say is what I'm after. So we, what I would love to get to the point where we realize and accept that there are about, let's just say nine. Let's just use Enneagram vibe words. There are about nine different brain types in the world. So Mm -hmm. your idea that like, how is that possible? I can't even believe that. To me, I'm like, I don't even care. (laughs) Like you could ask me about a rock and I'd have more things to say. And I want to get to the point in the world where people go, oh, not everyone is just like me and we can have differences of opinions and not be like weirded out by it. Mm. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that those differences of opinions should drive. I don't know. I think there should always be a higher higher target that people are aiming for Mm -hmm. of health, well-being, balance and whatever in their life, especially if they have children. Mm. And that can look different for everybody. People have different faith. People have different uh, things that they value. Um different financial goals, whatever. That's all great. But at the end of the day, it cannot be based on just feelings. And no, it that's can't. too. And I, I, I agree 100% with that. And I also know that I've been feeling based. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said it and not me. So uh, going back to the list. So how do we reach our highest target individually? Um, so let's talk about that again really fast. So I think the highest target, if we were talking about, again, our TP polls is health for us individually, right? So I'm saying this to y'all who are out there 
If you're in a marriage, you, again, your teepee poles are merging at the top, right? I'm assuming everyone knows what a teepee looks like. And your spouse has expectations of what your health goals should be. Mm. You guys should unearth those and talk about them. And if that's the case, then you are just like not taking care of yourself physically. You're, you've heard your wife say X, Y, Z thing, or your husband say this thing for 25 years and you're like, or 20, I don't know, 10 years. And you're just kind of ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. Like, are you doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Wanting to do the right thing and doing the right thing are different. Wanting to be disciplined and being disciplined are different. And I just want to encourage you, like this concept of the TP poles, like pointing to the highest direction for your relationship, your marriage, your health, your well-being, your kids, your finances, all of that. Man, I think this is going to be a game changer if Thank you can under, if you conceptualize this, and I'll get this book written. Um, yeah. Think, think think about this. What if you and I and people listening were able to or will have a conversation <clears throat> like this? I mean, this is a, a very good kickoff to it of, hey, taking your experience from your family of origin, from what you know now, from reading, from listening to podcasts, uh, whatever, wherever you are in your life, what on the whole makes a good marriage? Like, What makes a good marriage? A lot of people might think, well, this is what it would make it, this is how it would make it good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, right. do, do what I want to do, have sex all the time, uh, don't argue, eat whatever you want. That's a good marriage, right? So well, I not, think- not to that, but if, if you really were able to think very critically of not even your marriage, mm-hmm. a good marriage, you know, what, what makes a good book? What makes a good story? What right. makes a good movie? Well, listen, what, what makes a good lawn? Oh. The grass is green. There's, there's no moles. There's no ants. It's watered well. Oh, it's free all of stuff. all life. Okay. Moles holes. There's about a hundred right here. They're living their best lives. Um, I think that it, what is interesting to me about that is that the the data are very clear of what uh-huh. of what it takes to have these things. Right. So in every that's why I talk about the divine order of love concept. There mm-hmm. is nothing uh, confusing about this. It's just like health in your body right? Your cells have a pattern in which they do something. They need particular nutrients and sun and this and that. Mm -hmm. Love is the same way. Yes. Right? It's all the same. There is nothing that we don't know already, but what we get stuck on is the trick of language. So for you, uh, respect means one thing. Mm -hmm. For me, it means another thing. Mm. Let's just define that even in our own families of origin. In my world, uh, let's define. Let I want you to define what is respectable from your family of origin perspective. See, can can you define that? Like, what does your family think is respectable? Respectable. Yeah. Hard work, working, mm-hmm. saving money, having fun, doing things that you like with people that you love, in a good way, being there for each other, helping each other out. God, for one, I should have started out with that. Obviously, group Christian and stuff. So that is respectable. And another thing that is really, and I find this so evident because it comes up often, is showing appreciation and good manners. Mm-hmm. Good manners. Like if somebody doesn't have good manners and I'm just being real, I immediately peace out. Mm-hmm. Like who? Close. Uh, family members, 
no, not not family members, close friends and people close to me. Mm-hmm. If if someone doesn't say thank you when I let them in in traffic or something, right? That's sometimes it's an indicator. Like Andy Priscilla always talks about people that don't return their shopping carts and just puts it on the curb or mm-hmm. even worse, just in the thing. That is indicative of how they think, what they do. Did you think of that guy at the Jordan Peterson conference who was like cutting in front of everyone? Yeah. <laughs> and his wife literally just stopped. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, what? It's not a line. You and know what like, I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh, sorry. So when I say, I don't want that to sound judgy, like, oh, if Seth does something, he demands respect and a thank you. I'm not saying that. Sure, to me, no, that's you, just common. Like, oh, I held the door for you. Thank you. Right. Or, all, all I'm doing is asking what your definition of respect is. Got it. Right? Was respectable. And mm-hmm. so in my family, it's a, a lot different. Hmm. And it's not that it's right or wrong. It is. There are no right or wrongs here. It's just that if you say, well, you need to respect me. I am going, you know what I think of immediately with what's respectable? You could guess. I'll, I'll just say it. But like. What is respectable is you sacrifice for whatever the thing needs in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you're tired, but the dishwasher's broken. You stay up until the next day to mm-hmm. fix it. Mm-hmm. That is respectable. Mm-hmm. So when you, you have such a different frame of reference for that. So again, mm-hmm. not right or wrong. There's no good or bad or right or wrong. When, you, when the dishwasher breaks or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, I'll figure it out. In my brain, all the alarm bells go off of he's disrespecting me. He doesn't really love me. He's not protecting me. He doesn't care. He's not providing because you will not. not I mean, you would if I mm-hmm, asked you to, mm-hmm. but like you are not naturally wired to go, oh, I will sit here and fix this or I'll buy a new one now. Mm. That's going to show my wife that I really love her mm-hmm. because that is not in your definition See, and, of love. And we have gotten into trouble with that because <clears throat> maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe that means, oh, I know that it's 1.30 in the morning. I need a decent amount of sleep, and then I will get a new dishwasher tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm still thinking about, you know, I'm still going to get the task done, but it doesn't look like exactly how you wanted it or thought, and then that's when the friction starts. Mm-hmm. So we need to be even more uber aware mm-hmm. of how you and I move forward in that. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, but we, where we fall short, where books fall short is they use this language respect as if there's a mutually agreed upon definition of respect. And there is not. I'm surprised you haven't looked it up yet. Um, who says I haven't? Um, but there is also, let me think about this, like the word love, there is not a mutually agreed upon definition of the word love because it's an action and it's a different action for every single person. I may show you love by buying you copious amounts of ice cream or cotton candy because that's how I was shown love. You might want love by like, let's go on a huge vacation or buy me a new Filson bag or get me these shoes or a new bow and arrow. I don't know. Like all... You know my love language. These, uh, yeah, it's just more things. All it is is shop. (laughs) It's going to have a new leather thing, a knife, an axe. I want to go on Forged in Fire. They should do a forge and fire couples, but we don't Beginners. know. How to, we don't know how to forge. Anything. We learn quick, <laughs> but uh, so that's the problem. And so I think I love I love books about marriage. I think it's great. Relationship books are great, but we really do almost do harm when we say things like, "Well, love me according to my love language." Love languages are great, but they're still not clear enough. 
Acts of service to you is not the same thing as acts of service to me. So I will give you a perfect example. All right. In my brain, act, I, I am an acts of service person. That's what I want is for you to do something for me. Show me you love me. Do that thing. Mm-hmm. But it's little stuff like roll up the hose that's been sitting out in the thing for like literally one month. Mm. Could you roll that up? That's my version of acts of service. It's the small things every single day, just little stuff. I do not want you to wax my car. I would not be thankful for that. I would, in fact, be un. I would be like, no, thank you. Don't want that. Practical acts of service. Right, like minute, small, daily acts of service. But some, but you might interpret that as, oh, acts of service, like a grandiose act of. I should have the carpets cleaned. No, just vacuum them. Like mm. I don't need them. Cl- like don't. So just vacuuming then would be an act of service. Yes, and so see how people get it so confused. It's so easy to get it confused because you're like, oh well, the book says. Like accent, like love languages, that's what everybody should follow. Mm-hmm. And the Gottman thing, everybody should do that. Mm. But these aren't clear enough. And they're not clear. I mean, even if you got, even if we got divorced and married new people, there would be a whole different set of everything. You'd have to do all of this again, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not, and man, even this concept for each kid, Ooh. if you were to do this with each one of your children, it is going to be completely different for mm-hmm. each one of your children because every human is different. Unique butterfly snowflake fingerprints. Snowflake fingerprints. Um, so here's the other questions that I wanted to do. But we, don't take that to the the woke extreme of everyone should know that I am a unique, no, super special no. snowflake and I get offended at every stupid idiot thing ever. Welcome to Seattle. <laughs> so we just saw, okay, this makes you mad. Sorry, I don't care. However, I will caveat it with this is wisdom and I am learning. Jordan Peterson just came to Seattle, and uh, at the end, which his lecture was super good, what was that? It was one of his 12 rules. What was it? Uh, Suffer well, I think. Suffer well, and he talked about highest calling and encouraged everybody to be be their best selves, even when it's hard, reach your highest calling, and the world will be a better place. Which, how that... Sorry. How can you argue with that? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. And at the end, he was doing some... uh, uh, questions and somebody said hey what do you think of seattle what's your impression of seattle and he was quiet for a long time and he said it's reminding me of canada yeah that was pretty funny that was all he <laughs> yeah, said it was kind of funny which is funny because so, his answers are like an hour long each and then that's all he said yeah so funny. i don't know what that had to do with anything but go ahead seattle's a little silly right now that's fine um but i want to get back to this idea and sort of wrap the concept back together i know this is a long episode the hope is that we, uh, again, I'm, I'm writing this, I want to call it a book, but it's not really a book. It's like a work book that couples you together where this is all written out mm-hmm. and you fill it out. I'm calling it the same page. I, again, it's still literally, I'm just looking at the rough draft concept of it, but the whole goal is to have these foundational pillars, our teepee poles that all point in the same direction. Because I realized again, sitting in counseling that I was getting mad at you because essentially are like what I thought was this unified, like clear vision of what we were aiming for. Mm -hmm. You had a completely different vision for that. Not right or wrong. It was just different. And I had, think about it. It was your version of it. And whenever we say my version is right, they are not doing my version of something. I want to be really clear Mm because I work really hard on our marriage. I did not at all think it Mm -hmm. was my version. Ah. This is not just me going, well, it should be this way. Right. This was me going, 
we read that same book. Didn't he catch what I caught? We mm. read Discipline Equals Freedom. Didn't mm -hmm. Doesn't he understand that Jocko Willink is saying you have to have a system? Like, where? why is Seth not having a system? And mm -hmm. why is he still being so emotional about these things? And why are we fighting about these? Like, didn't he read it too? Mm. And that was my, I don't want to say like naive self, but in a way, very naive going, mm -hmm. he didn't come to the same conclusion that you came to, Melanie. Right. And that's fine. That's great. You probably gleaned things from that that I didn't see at all. Absolutely. And vice versa. And so now what does that look like for us together? So again, this whole thing is the the concept of the same page and uh, how do we really construct our lives? And it's very much like the self-authoring thing that Jordan Peterson does. It reminds me a lot of um, Dave Ramsey's financial freedom, like or Financial Peace University, there is a pathway to these things. But there just, is a pathway, and it is not the same. If I say, Melanie, take me to Seattle right now. You just thoughts, okay, uh, 169, 405, I-5, probably, well, right? Well, 216th, then you turn oh. on to one. I went, I was okay, so you granular. even got the granular details, Two, right? 242nd. <laughs> if you said, Seth, take me to Seattle right now, I the only thing I would think about is... I'm going to take 90. Mm -hmm. Cross the bridge. Right. So you thought of only freeways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Only the the fastest, most efficient, let's get there mm -hmm. kind of thing. But you thought of freaking 216th, the very first road yeah. out of our thing? Of course. That's crazy. So to think that you and I, I'm mad at you now, and other well, other couples, we can read the same book, we can listen to the same song, we can read the same verse in the Bible, and only go. I mean, how, how can how can we in escape our own first interpretation or understanding of it? That is the understanding. Well, then we shouldn't try to escape it. It's just how do we communicate it and how do we build the map together? So that's a really good way of saying it. So if we were walking somewhere, if we were walking to Seattle, let's say we had to walk there Ooh. and we are looking at, you know, never thought of that. Seattle is this, this area is hilly. There's valleys, there's trees. It's, you don't like, it ain't no plain. There's you can't just like lakes. look and see stuff. Can we it's, use roads to get there? We can do anything to get there, but you and I are going to have very different interpretations of what's the wisest way to go. Mm -hmm. Is it the top of the hill or is it the bottom? Is it the marsh where it's, it's muddy over here, but it might be a straighter shot. Should we take a boat? Should we take a whatever? Like we're going to create this map in our own mind of the fastest way to get to a place. You're mm -hmm. going to have one and I'm going to have one. But most couples never get to the point where they take those two maps and lay them together and go, how can we merge these concepts? Mm. What's the best way for us to get there? Not just me, not just you. Because mm -hmm. if we, we were walking there by ourselves, we would go different ways. Right. When I would probably end up in not Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in um, like Des Moines going where... I would cut through the woods when a, I could. Yeah. But you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so we do a disservice in the marital space by being broad brush with things, by being not granular by being too overly like, well, just love as if love doesn't have 9 billion definitions. Or so in the power couple planner, we talk about planning sex, planning intimacy. Chances are, Oh, okay. It's X, Y, Z nights. We're supposed to have sex tonight. That even, even in the, in the first instance that you might think of, okay, well, what do I got to do? I got to get, you know, all this stuff or get myself in the mood or maybe I think about it. It's like, Oh, sweet. Okay. Hop in bed quick. 
You, you see what I'm saying? So it's a different version of it. But if we talk about My it. mom is here, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's wrap it up. I okay. want to go. Right. Uh, it's a different version. Or let's go to the grocery store. I want to go to the grocery store for Ben and Jerry's. You're thinking about meal prep and salads and carrots and right. all that stuff. So getting really granular on that stuff will save you a bunch of time and save you a bunch of heartache, possibly. Right. So we hope this is helpful, and we will eventually get this same page created. I want to mm-hmm. do that soon. So um, I again, we'll have more of these questions and kind of be sharing them throughout the next, I would say the next couple of months. This is the thing we're going to be talking about Anatomy a lot. Anatomy of so. same page. Yeah, sure, that. Okay, love you. Talk to you later. We got to All right. be bye. parents. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to Anatomy of Us. This podcast is produced by my mom, Melanie Studley, and hosted by my dad, Seth Studley. Our show is edited and published by our producer, Reva Hansen, from Creative Media Support. Special thanks to our Patreon members that get an extra episode every week. Thanks for watching. Love you. Bye. Bye.